Welcome to the show. Thank you. I figured we'll jump right in. So wherever your story begins, take it away. Okay, you got it. So for me, so this is something a lot of people don't know about me because I don't really talk about my social media, but I wasn't even born in America. I was born in Europe. I was born in Transylvania in a very small town. Um, and the reason I bring it up is because when it comes to like my family and stuff, I actually, so my parents left for America for like over a year and I had to live with my grandparents. So I, I'm very close. It's a very small family too. I only have one cousin. Like I don't even have second cousins. It's just me, my cousin, I lived with her, my grandparents. And then I, I'm not even first generation here. So like for me and my story, like making sure that my parents were okay with everything was like really important to me. So that's why I like to bring it up right away. Um, so from there, I lived in Romania for not that long, for like two and a half years. Um, then I came to America and I've been in New York and I've lived in New York my whole life pretty much on uh, Long Island. And when I never, so I was never ever like feminine in any slightest way or like any any way you could possibly think about it. Um, my mom even admits to this day, she just thought I was like a lesbian for like the longest time because I never was like my best friends growing up were guys. Like I would always go to like recess and play handball with them. I always had like short haircuts yeah. and you know, I feel like there's, there's a point of time in your life when you don't even think about gender because no one really puts any gender expectations on you, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. So at one point there's a, you're just a kid, like everyone's a kid you don't really even think about it like you're just having fun and for me um I never even honestly thought about it too much because it was never like those implications of like well you're a girl you got to do that and this and that were put on me so once that started happening that's when I was like oh wait I started realizing for the first time I know it sounds crazy but I was realizing wait people see me as a girl and that made me extremely uncomfortable because again I always hung out with the guys yeah. like they always treated me just like one of them so how old were you would you say when you had like that realization I was eight years old I was okay. very very young I you know and I realized I didn't understand what was happening I just knew that the way people saw me made me very uncomfortable I was like wait this is there's like I felt like it, it was unnatural for me like in every way sense of the word like <laughs> like my mom started trying to like put me in like dresses and stuff and like I just would not do it I'd throw fits like for a long time I wouldn't even take photos like for um reference sake my father's a photographer so considering there's no photos of me from like eight to 12 years old none like that says a lot because I was extremely uncomfortable with photos being taken of me because I really didn't it didn't feel right when people like looked at me at all and I really couldn't pinpoint for a very long time because I was very young I I just know that I was uncomfortable in my body, period. Okay. I just thought, I was like, okay, maybe I'm insecure, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then I started watching how other people acted and then treated other people in retro, like as a like, kind of response and reactionary like thing. Um, and I started realizing, I'm like, wait. And I realized this at a very young age. And I think that kind of made me grow up very fast mm -hmm. because I started understanding people's behaviors at a very young age. Um, and just like very small nuances of people. And I was like, okay, so I don't like people seeing me as a girl. And I understood that. And at one point I did, I think around eight, eight years old is when I realized, okay, this, there's something wrong. Nine years old is kind of was like, okay, I don't feel like a girl, mm -hmm. but I didn't, I still was never exposed to the word transgender at that point. Right. Again, I come from an immigrant family. Like 
over there being gay, it's like, holy cow, like, you know, yeah. let alone like transgender. So for me, and it was never my parents' fault and it wasn't, I, I never put it on them, but how would they know what it is? You know, like yeah. they never even thought to like sit me down and like talk about it. So it was one of those things I had to just kind of go through the process on my own. Um, right. And I think too, like at such an, such a young age, like you said, it's like, I feel like that's not even a thought in people's minds. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you said, you just knew something was you know, wrong and you didn't feel comfortable, right. you know, but it's like, how do you really put a label on that? You know what I mean? And know what's going on. Right. And especially because in school, like you don't really learn about it too much. Right. And I think that's another really big misconception is people feel like if you introduce a young individual to the, these ideas too early, it influences them. But I feel like if I was introduced to that, I would have that would have probably like I knew before, yeah. you know, anyone ever told me about anything. Right. Um, and pretty much the way I started learning about transgender and stuff like that was honestly like YouTube. Uh, YouTube was like getting really big, and I was I. And another thing about me was when I was much younger, I was very outgoing. Like I was always out, like on my bike, whatever, extremely active, kind of how I'm now. But there was a period of time when I didn't even want to go outside. I just played video games. Like I just tried to avoid any social interaction that I could because again, I didn't want people seeing me physically. Right. Um, and in that period of time, I was on YouTube a lot and like video games and things of that nature. Um, and I was like, <laughs> I love video games because I could play these like role-playing games and be a guy. And like, I felt really comfortable and like, I never, again, at that point I wasn't really thinking about it. Um, but then I was on YouTube one night and I saw um, a transgender man speaking about his experiences. And it's funny enough because now I coach him. So it's like, really? cool. Yeah, I coach wow. him now. Um, but I remember seeing him talk about his experiences. And he was very, like, very new into his, like, transition too. Because um, this was a while ago. Yeah. And I remember if it didn't feel like I was relating to him, it felt like he was relating to me. It felt like someone was finally speaking my mind and like vocally expressing exactly how I felt. I was like, oh my right. God. And I actually sat on it. It wasn't one of those things for me that I just immediately, I was like, yep, that's it. That's what I am. Uh, you know, again, I mature, I had to mature very fast. So I was very, very self-aware. And I was like, okay, let me sit on it and like breathe and think about it. I definitely feel like this is the closest thing to what anyone has experienced that sounds like what I'm going through. Um, so again, I that was young. That was like nine, 10. So I still sat on it for until I was... 11, 12 years old. Um, and then the reason why it became a lot more important for me to like address it right now for me at that age was because that's kind of the age people start dating or like just talking to people. Yeah. Like very casually, obviously you're very young. Right. But then that's when the another question came in. Okay. Because again, I first time I'm exposed to the word transgender, it's like I'm barely exposed to the word like gay, bi, whatever. Um, so in my head, I'm like, oh my God, like, am I just into women and I just want to be like more masculine? So there was that inner turmoil in me like, okay, am I just extremely masculine or like, do I genuinely like feel like a man? And I would sit on it and I ended up like, you know, talking to girls. And then I realized very casually, I was like, no, like I don't want them to see me as a female period. Like that makes me very uncomfortable. And that's where I drew the line between my sexuality and my gender. I was like, okay, mm -hmm. this has nothing to do with who I'm into. This has everything to do with the way I just physically, I guess, portray myself and the way they like see me, you and know, more and like, acknowledge too, like me. who you are, right. you know, and who exactly. you want it to be. Yeah, exactly. And 
it's exactly who I am, like really inside. Um, you know, up to that point before I started transitioning, it always kind of felt like I was just living third party to myself in my life. Like I was just doing things because that's what I was supposed to do or like that's what a girl would do. Like I remember literally saying to myself in my head, this is what girls do, right? Like it was that kind of inner dialogue going on, which is obviously not normal. Yeah. Um, so that's where I think it's very difficult for people to understand. And that's where I understand. Like I never get offended if someone is like, I don't understand, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't expect you to, honestly. Right. Like I can't even take that personally because I, you know, I'm in a place at this point where I'm like, I can acknowledge the fact that it's very difficult to understand. And it's not even about understanding it. It's just about respecting that that's Absolutely. what someone wants to do. You don't need to understand everyone. Right. Like everyone goes about life in very different ways. But as long as you're not hurting anyone in the process, it really shouldn't yeah. matter. And like that's kind of like my big thing that as long as it doesn't hurt you, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. Um, and I think too, like yeah. the more that you're able to, you know, help people understand, the more people will understand it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think too, like it's one of those things that I feel like you know, you went through your journey, you know, and all of those steps. And that's how you kind of like figured it out within yourself. And I feel like unless other people are doing that as well, it will be hard for them, yeah. you know, to really like know the details. But that's why I think it's so important, like even having you come on because it's like it educates people. And like you said, I think respect is so key. And that mm -hmm. goes for so many things yeah. like because there's always things that people don't agree with or don't understand. And it's like, OK, like, we can agree to disagree, but like respect me. You know what I mean? And I, exactly. I think that's important. Yeah. And like that applies to so many things these days, especially these days. Like mm -hmm. it's not about like understanding where the person's coming from. It's just about respecting the fact that they have their human autonomy yeah. to like do what they want. And what makes you body. happy too. Right. In the long run. Because if you're not happy, you're eventually going to affect other people in a very negative way. Yeah. I really do believe that. Um, And then, oh man, I mean, there's so many like, my life's gone like so many different directions. <laughs> um, and then, so yeah, it was around like 11, 12 years old. That's when it really became a lot more urgent. I get the, like the word, word urgency comes in mind where I'm like, okay, like I really need to start addressing this because I was getting to the point where, again, people are getting social, more like relationship, romantic. Um, and I was like, okay. Um, so I finally, like that's when I came to terms that I was transgender because I also do think there was a part of me that didn't want to come to terms with it mm -hmm. because like, then that's another thing people don't understand. Like who in their right mind would just do this for fun? <laughs> like realistically, because yeah. like that's a really big change, you know, like physically, right. mentally, like socially, I don't think anyone would do this um, wholeheartedly at such, especially at such a young age and they really don't believe themselves. Um, so the first person I told was actually my mother. I'm very close to her. Um, and I really just sat her down and I was just like, you know, I, I was like, well, clearly you've noticed I'm been a little bit different these past couple of years. And she's like, yeah, like, cause at this point she's like been trying to get me to go to therapy, like just do a bunch of random stuff. I'm like, listen, so I think I really understand like what I'm going through and it's gonna be very difficult for you to understand, but I just need you to let me finish like what I need to say. She was like, okay. Um, and I pretty much told her, I'm like, I think I'm transgender. And she kind of just looked at me for a minute and I'm like, you know, kind of sitting there and like. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I know, I'm like, it's like, God damn it, that's <laughs> Sorry to the person who's hurt, but please go. No, it's okay. I did a Gymshark documentary that literally, if there was a pin drop outside, they were like... Pause. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get it, I get it. <laughs> um, but I, she just kind of sat looking at me with like a blank stare. 
And I was like, <laughs> at this point, I'm like, really like, oh boy. And she was like, I have no idea what that means, but I love you unconditionally and we'll figure it out. And I was just like, you know, I was really taken back because again, like I come from a family that was never exposed to this word. I mean, my grandfather was in the military at 18 as a sergeant, you know, yeah. you know, during like with Russia and like communism, like it's crazy. Like, you know, like growing up in Europe, it's very different, like historically what happens to you. Um, so I come from a family that's seen stuff and, you know, they don't even think about that kind of stuff, like this social issues. And for her to just be so open about it and be like, well, I love you regardless. We'll figure it out together. That really, I wish, like I really genuinely wish other people could experience that because yeah. I'm very aware that that is not common right. to that level of just okay. Right. You know, and it's sad because I really needed that in that moment. And if I didn't get that, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. And I think too, like if you didn't get that, then it would probably set you like 10 steps back of like, okay, well, where do I go now? And almost like, I don't think people realize that these are your feelings. And like by people not you know, respecting that, it kind of makes you feel like they're invalidated. Correct. You know what I mean? So yes. it is so important. Did you, when that was her response, did it feel like a weight was lifted off your shoulder in any way? Yeah, because I also, again, with all this inner, like just conflict within me, hiding things from my mom, like really hurt me because I was yeah. so close to her about everything else that, you know, she sacrificed a lot to get us here in the first place. Um, like for some background, my mom was a prosecutor for homicide. In Europe wow. so she had a really big title and she left that just because you know even there it didn't really matter like there was just like a certain level that you would not be able to surpass like yeah. so like socioeconomically so she left for America and with my father and she just sacrificed a lot so it was very difficult for me to not tell her these things um, especially because I'm an only child and that was a big like you know lift off my shoulders and then she told my father my father reacted the same way which again I'm just that's amazing. I'm like absolutely like inc like incredible people. Like yeah. I love them. Like I have no shame to like always say out loud like I love them to death. Like yeah. I would not be where I am without them. Like right. absolutely not. Um, and then they told my grandfather first on my mom's side. So and again I I grew up with my grandparents for almost two years of my life and like when I was very young. Um, and my grandfather, I always tell this story. I always, always tell this story, but I just think it's so like powerful. And again, grandfather, just really like your typical tough guy, you know, like he was into boxing and stuff like you name it, it was him. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like hard for me not to get emotional saying this, but he, all he had to say was, I always wanted a grandson. That's it. Aww. And like, he came again, like from that background, he was actually also, he was also um, an orphan. He had like eight different siblings, like a couple of them passed away, like just very tough life. So for him to just be like, I always wanted a grandson. It was just like, absolutely. I'm so blessed. And I just always like to make a big point of that because a lot of people in my position don't get that, like to ever say yeah. that. So. And like just such open-minded, nice, good people, like you said. Yes. And, and I think too, it's so amazing that there are and there you know as many people as there are that wouldn't react there, that way it's so nice like you said to hear that there's people that that would and the fact that I feel like that everyone closest to you in your family had that reaction I feel like for you that was probably like oh, like you know what I mean like it's like yes like this is like now I can you know be myself or at least begin to feel like myself you know because like I said if that wasn't the reaction, which unfortunately there are people that don't get that reaction, it's like 
at that point, it's like they're in it on like on their own. And mm-hmm. then also not only that, it's like they ha- they don't have that support, you mm-hmm. know, which I'm sure makes it so difficult too, right. you know? Yeah, it was pivotal for me. And I think when it also just gave me a sense of like I had support and that gave me the confidence to go forward with it yeah. in a very specific manner. And, um, you know, so like I remember the first thing I did is I had really long curly brown hair i just chopped that shit off like i was like chop it off it's gone it's gone like i always dress very masculine i just had like wore beanies and like band shirts and stuff but i did have i honestly the only reason it was so long was because i just didn't fucking take care of it because i didn't want to Mm -hmm. so i just chopped it off um and i remember going to school and people were like whoa like you know and they kind of just came up to me like you know what's what's going on and i was like oh whatever you know just want to cut my hair so i was very like I want to say I was smart about going like transitioning in school because I was very slow about it. Um, And at one point I first started telling my close friends I was and I actually had one of them be like, I was waiting for you to tell me. I'm like, great. So again, just overall, I'm very lucky that people were so I mean, they were outliers, but overall very accepting of me. Um, But one thing I did that I think made a world of a difference was I never really made it a big deal. Um, like if someone was to ask me about it, like they're like, like, oh, like you're, you're trans. I'll be like, yeah. And they'd be like surprised that I'm so like brief and short about it. And then be like, can, and they would just like, you know, get awkward about it, which I understand we're in middle school. Like, what do you expect them to like, how do you expect them to react? And they'd be like, can I, can I ask you questions? I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care. And I I would tell them like, just, I I always, I have always been like that. Like, listen, once I like initially came out, I was always an open book. I was like, you can ask me anything whatever you feel like would help educate you like i'll i'm an open book and i promise you won't offend me i guarantee you wouldn't so that helped other people feel comfortable to mess up because i don't care if you mess up you're not messing up you're trying yeah i don't see like by accidents like because you know for some people it took them a little bit to like transfer over to saying he because they can even blame them they knew me for years as she it's just almost at that point just repetition and just like muscle memory to call me right. a sheep. So I never took any of that personally. I was like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Like yeah. I was never like, I never took it personally. And I think that helped the people like really feel comfortable with me to be like, okay, he's not like gonna, you know, get offended very quickly. That let people ask me questions that help people feel comfortable to be like, hey, so like, how'd you know? And like, just kind of pick my brain a little bit. And I think for me, that was really big socially in school to transition because I really people knew I didn't care. (laughs) So if if you approach me trying to make me care, I wouldn't. And if you approach me kind of nervously, like not trying to mess up initially, I also wouldn't care. So it it was like, I tried to, I think it's important for trans people to understand that while you also feel the need to want to save space, you also have to reciprocate that. You have to let people mess up. Like they're not, like not mess up, but like you have to let people slip as long as they're trying that's what matters yeah, and like, respecting you too right? right like not trying what you said before not trying to hurt you or anything right. like that as long as you know the intentions are fair and good mm-hmm. like i don't like you have to keep things realistic like they've been calling you she or he for years like it's just one of those things that it's going to take time it would take me time and i'm very honest like if if someone was transitioning and i knew them for years i just because i'm trans it doesn't make me any different than anyone else like it would take me a second to be like okay got it like i'd have to make a mental note to change it right. and i'm aware of that so that really helped me socially i think in school transitioning um i was the first transgender of my like district completely so i got the chance to sit down with like the principal and stuff and be like so what can we do to accommodate you i'm like listen i'm simple just like if i can use the nurse's bathroom or something yeah. like I, whatever like i don't right. really care 
Um, at one, so in middle school, I used the nurse's bathroom. And then once I got to high school, I just, at, at that point, everyone knew I didn't even give a shit. So I just went to the men's bathroom. Yeah. Um, and overall, again, I'm such an outlier when it comes to that, that stuff, because I had most of my issues were internal. They okay. weren't external. Um, I had a lot of internal things, but that's just kind of the way it is. If you're trans, honestly, um, you're always going to have some internal stuff. Um, But externally, I probably would have been a mess if my external was also way worse. And I can't even imagine, like begin to fathom how some people in my position, especially trans women, like I not to like be, you know, trans women, I think get even worse because Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it socially. It's fine if female wear men's clothing. I mean, like a lot of girls do that. It's not right. weird if you go get a shirt from the men's section that's oversized band yep. t-shirt put down with jeans and some boots. Like it's normal, okay? So I feel like- Right, it's like considered a form of style. Right. So yeah. I feel like people are a lot more initially comfortable with seeing a transgender man. It just like makes sense in their brain for some reason rather than it's a lot weirder or less, well, not weirder, but it's a lot less common to see a man go in the female section and grab right. a, a, a shirt or something. It's like, whoa, okay. So yeah, I feel so like true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So when you look at it from a social perspective, I think that's why trans women just have it so much worse because they're they're putting, and also, <laughs> you know, why would a man ever want to be a female, especially nowadays? Like you guys like get so much like problems and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. it just I feel like people it's it's more like a, like a power thing. Like why would a man want to be a female? Like I feel like very subconsciously, like why? How do I put it like this? Like without, I'm not, I don't know if I'm putting this right. It's a lot easier being a man mm-hmm. than a female. So I feel like maybe subconsciously people, it's like understandable if a female wants to be a man, yeah. but why is it, why, like it's harder for people to understand to want to be a woman. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it's a lot more difficult to yeah. be a female. Like, yeah. so I think there's also that comes into play. So like, I can't even imagine being like a trans female, like color, like God bless you. Like that's probably so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And just in general too, you know, this world is such an evil judgmental place. And, you know, I think that it's great when you have a really close group, you know, that you trust and that supports you. And then nowadays with social media, Mm -hmm. it's like that opens a whole nother world of people to like judge and just be mean and say horrible things. So Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, especially if you have a presence on that, it's like a whole nother can of worms. Right. Yeah. And um, I totally agree. And I think I think social media is good because it makes it easier to connect with people yes, that you would absolutely. never be able to right, connect. Right. Look at us. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like in in, the, in certain situations, it's fantastic because I think the spread spread of education and knowledge is a lot easier. But I also think that the spread of hate is a lot faster yep. too. Um, just as fast if not faster which is scary like you know yeah. once you have like a movement of people thinking a certain way it seems like everyone just hops on the bandwagon we're very you know tribal like that i think humans mm-hmm. just like to follow the flow yeah. um it's a lot more uncomfortable to stand on your own and be like no that's not right um, um so that being said i didn't get into social media until i was older mm-hmm. um so and just even bodybuilding so i actually used to be heavily into music mm-hmm. i was on, I was on track to go to Berkeley for uh, music. Uh, I was in my school's jazz band. I was the drummer. I was involved in a lot of like performance-based stuff outside of school. So for a long time, I had I I was never an athlete until bodybuilding. That's the funny part, um, which actually helps me because I don't have any injuries like from any yep. sports like that. Um, but before I was into drum, like I 
I know the drums, guitar, bass. Like I was in the school's a cappella. Do you was, still play instruments? So I, I, I would, I, I'm probably a little rusty. Yeah. Um, but I, if you, if I picked it up, yeah, you got like, it. I got it. I got <laughs> it. Like, give me like five minutes in the corner to like mess right. around, and I'll be good. But because yeah. I was really into it, I mean, I would do it for hours and hours. Um, especially drums, like that was my thing. Right. Um, and I really was on track for that. Like, I was ready to go to college for it. Um, I was like getting into bands and stuff. And then I think what happened for me was I. I don't want to say I was a, I was just very skinny. I was barely a hundred pounds. Like you could probably push me over and I would fly. Like I was so, so skinny. Um, and it was probably because I would drum all day. I would play music all day. And I would honestly, like I would not avoid eating. I would just forget at one point because yeah. I, 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 and with food, a lot of trans people have issues with food. Like just like overall, just like a food, like a relationship with their food. Um, for me, it was I don't want to say it was like a crazy issue. It was more like I was uneducated, so I would avoid like I was like, okay, carbs. Like I think I shouldn't eat that. Let me just have like, I don't know, like chicken and veggies. But I wouldn't I would never like limit how much I ate. I would yeah. just avoid certain things. And this was still high school, right? Yes. This okay. is yeah, so for timeline, yeah. I'm I'm still in high school right now. Okay. Um I was barely in high school, like yeah. barely in high school. And I was going to say too, because I'm, I mean, I'm sure you saw on so social media, I'm into the gym also now. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in high school, that was never a thought. Like I was mm -hmm. really skinny too, like eating God knows what, you know what I mean? Not the <laughs> yes. best things. Yes. And like, I wasn't, I think that it's so crazy because now I feel like people that are in high school have completely different access yep. than we once had because it's like. I mean, when I was in high school, I think social media was kind of just starting mm -hmm. and I think it was like Vine and maybe Instagram just began, but like people really weren't talking about fitness like they are now. I mean, yes. now that's like huge on everything. Mm -hmm. So it's like these young kids, you know, they can start so much earlier and kind of have a better idea of like, oh, like if I'm skinny, I can build muscle and kind of like change my body, which at the same time can create some sort of like issues. issues. I mean, <laughs> yeah. even with myself, I mean, I've gone through times where I'm like, even now it's like. One week, I'm like, okay, I think I want to lose weight. Next week, I'm like, oh, I'll bulk this week. You know, it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. difficult. Yeah. You know, there's there's good and bad to everything. Yes, correct. Yeah. And I agree. Because like when I was getting to high school, I remember like if you could even get in the gym there, it was like great. Like right. you like found like, because it's usually it would be packed. It'd be like barely anything. Um, but for me, it was just really like I was so skinny. Um, and I was like, well, I, I can't change certain things about me, but there's some things I can change. So let's do that yeah. <laughs> kind of thing and um i also so when i was 16 so i so i started my transition at 12 that's when i cut my hair that's when i was like um starting to wear like male clothes and i officially like i was out like to everyone at 12 i was okay. very young yeah. um so let's backtrack because i missed like some pretty important okay. <laughs> pretty important point, points here um so when i was 12 i so I socially started transitioning, but I also started physically transitioning at 12. So I actually never went through female puberty at all. I never even had a menstrual cycle. Like people think I'm just like being fucking, like playing dumb yeah. when like girls talk about them. Like I, I, I never went through puberty. Wow, I don't okay. know. Um, Cause what happened was, so my mom and I, we decided to go to this place in New York city called the Acronym Institute. Mm -hmm. um, and pretty much it was just a very sophisticated, all they did was just child cases of certain topics including transgenders. So we went in, we met with this fantastic woman. Her name was Randy. And it was a very long day. Like they just were drilling me with questions. And like the point of it all was 
I was I was comfortable enough to admit I'm young. Let's go get a professional like to like just like talk to me and like see yeah. how they feel about it. You know, because maybe there are things that we're missing that maybe that triggered something in me. I was comfortable enough to be like, yeah, mom, like I actually do want to do this. Like I'm so young. Like I was scared too. I was so right. young. Like I want to make sure like I want to do this. Um, so we went. They did very interesting things. They they had me and my mom interact in front of them. Then they took her out. They put my father in. They took me out. They had my parents interact. They just really wanted to see the family dynamic, I think. Right. Um, and then they talked a lot to me one-on-one. And by the end, it was like it was like six hours long. Like wow. It was insane what they did with me. Um, and they also used whatever they did with me for like research. So I did like give their mm-hmm. like like um, – I gave my consent. I'm like, yeah, whatever you guys want to use for research, fine. Because at that point, there wasn't many young people transitioning. Right. I that I mean, at 12 years old, like, and to and for you at that age to be that open minded, you know what I mean, and to be yeah. okay with like going somewhere for six hours and having someone, you know, like really watch different dynamics and talk to you. It's like that's like you were saying. It's almost like it forced you to mature early yeah. and like. That is very obvious. Like, you know, at 12 years old, I feel like a lot of people Would wouldn't be, be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it would be very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the end of it, she, Randy had all of us come in and she's like, okay, your child is the most classic textbook case of transgender. I was like, great. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That's what I wanted to hear. I didn't want to hear any ifs, ends, and buts, but I wanted to confirm. So they were kind of just analyzing everything. Yeah. And okay. obviously they used certain things for like, again, research. Like they actually like had, they had me, they put some like things on my the side of my head and they had like visuals flash in front of me and they were actually like watching my brain signals and like seeing okay. what patterns would show up and stuff yeah. and they told like they actually brought out like so like i don't know like you know when you have like your brain like you can like someone's brain can be scanned like through like right. their like i don't know i'm not that educated when it comes <laughs> to that stuff i have no <laughs> idea what i'm talking about so i please take it as a grain of salt the actual what i'm saying but they put some stuff on my head and they ha- took like photos with that. I, uh-huh. I don't know. They took some photos with it. Um, and pretty much they showed me a male's brain and a female's brain. And like the parts of my brain that lit up as a reaction to the photos I was being shown were in male pattern. Okay. So they were like, this is really big. Like that yeah. you let us do this because this, there really isn't much physical evidence of transgender people, but this, like your brain signals are mimicking a male's, not a female's. That shouldn't be happening. Right. Like that is something that's unexplainable. And I know that, but that's what they showed me. So I was like, okay, great. But so, it also, uh, I feel like for you yes. was that validation of like, okay, well that's why I've been feeling this way. You know yes. what? It's like that confirmation. Right. And then it, it wasn't hormonal. It was, it was my brain. It was literally my brain. And I mean, I'm, if you think about it, like when you're in the womb, the first thing the first thing to develop is your brain. The last thing is your sex organs and your sex organs. They really regulate your hormones. Your hormones play such a big role in what you look like. Mm-hmm. It's not even funny. So when you keep that in consideration and you also keep in consideration, I'm Eastern European Chernobyl happened like nuclear radiation. I don't know. Like there's a lot of, like I talk about it with people a lot. I personally think that it's possible that, and especially because transgender is such a new topic what if it, there is a reason it's new? Because right. we have so many like like electromagnetic waves in the air and like our cell phones and stuff like yeah. that, cancer, like a lot of genetic mutations going on. Like it's possible. There's intersex. Like right. how could it not be possible? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they, they did that. So after that, they, I actually went on Lupron. So Lupron is a hormone blocker. 
Um, so that pretty much stunted my puberty completely. I had no breast growth. I didn't have a period, like nothing. Like, and this was all at 12, right? At 12. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, so they, and the point of that was they didn't want to immediately put me on hormones because honestly, they were just protecting me, which mm-hmm. I respected because I really liked that. And I think that's another big misconception is I think people assume that when you're young and you just claim you're transgender, boom, testosterone, estrogen, whatever you need, like surgeries right away. No, it is not like that. Like I had to wait till I was 16. That's, I started at 12. That's four years. Yeah. They, they, they literally made me wait four years, but they were like, okay, right. like you're good. Like you still clearly, like you're mentally fine. Like you still want to move forward with it. Now we feel like you're mature enough where you can make that decision. So in that four years, were they kind of like having you come back in to monitor you as well? Yeah. So okay. they actually made me go to a therapist, like just okay. to like, and they just made me go to a therapist like once a week and then it turned into every other week. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because I'd walk in and she'd be like, still good? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because cause she, would, she would literally joke with me. She's like, you're like my most mentally stable patient. Right. I don't even know why they have you here. I'm like, well, I understand because I yeah. just want to make sure that I'm handling this well. Right. Um, and then that being said, I did that for a couple of years. And then 16 is when I got my top surgery done. Okay. And that's when I started hormones. That's when I started testosterone. And how was that? Like, what is the process of that surgery? Oh, man. So I needed to get two therapists. Yes, that I'm good to go psychologically Mm -hmm. um and then i needed to get my endocrinologist for my that was supplying my testosterone to also say yes so i needed three confirmation letters yeah to get this at 16 were you like praying that they all were going to be like yes honestly i was confident they would because i really wasn't an issue like i was i was very certain of myself at that point um and again i think my parents and just my overall family being so certain of me also made me very confident in myself in the sense of my actions like i was like okay i this is what i want i Mm -hmm. wasn't like questioning myself i was like no this is what i want period like this is who i am so their approval um from like the doctors and stuff that was just all psychological approval basically like that he's okay okay yeah i mean i'm sure my endocrinologist was also just like checking my hemoglobin like making sure like i'm physically okay for this um and then the top surgery I, again, because I never went through puberty, I barely had growth. So they pretty much, and the reason why I don't have scarring is because they barely performed a surgery on me. All they really did was um, almost like a a hysterectomy when they do on males. So some males have some, not hysterectomy, I'm totally messing that up. But some men, they have natural growth here too. Mm -hmm. So they literally just remove the glands. Okay. So that's what they did with me. They literally just removed the glands. And this is the more morbid part. And this is just like some minute detail that I know. But so they literally had to remove my nipples completely and they reattach them more to the side because female nipples are like more here. In the center. Okay. And then men are here. So like, well, if you want it to look really realistic, wow. we have to like move them. And then I remember when I was leaving the uh, the surgeon's office, they're like, don't make any sudden movements or they will fall off. And I'm like, okay. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and oh I'm my like, God, I'd be terrified. Yeah, and I was terrified. I remember I'd walk around like this because yeah. I didn't want to touch anything for like a week. Oh my God. And but that's I'm lucky that I don't have scars. Like a lot yeah. of trans guys have scars, but again, because it, I really think everything starts with the family because mm-hmm. that was the pivotal moment where my family was okay with it. Everything else was such a smooth process. Right, for it me. Like fell into line. It fell into line because I didn't have to go through puberty. I didn't have like top surgery was easy for me because I didn't go through puberty. Going on testosterone, like immediately. Took, I pretty much had like a late puberty because mm-hmm. at that point I didn't even go through puberty. So I just 
went through male puberty, but later on. Got it. Um, and then that moment, so when I got my top surgery done, I started testosterone, super small. I was like 100 pounds again, soaking wet. That's when I made the decision. I'm like, okay, well, now I can take my shirt off in public. I don't want to be embarrassed. So like, let's do something about yeah. it. Um, and for me, I realized like, cause I started going to the gym and I realized very quickly that was a way for me to feel like I had control over things that I didn't have control. I'm like, well, I feel very small, weak and frail. Like I want bigger shoulders. Like I want more of a V taper. I can do that. That's awesome. Let me keep going. And, um, I'm a very like all or nothing kind of personality. So if I get into something, I'm like, no, I'm going to get into it. Yeah. If I'm going to like, dedicate. Take, yeah, like, I dedicate myself. So I was very quick to learn like as much as I could about bodybuilding when it came to like macros, nutrition, like things of that nature. Um, but when I did that, I also realized it was very difficult to find information for me because it was, I mean, I'm trans, like, where do you even fall? Cause like hormonally you're one thing physically in certain aspects, you're yeah. another thing. So I didn't even know, like, how do I even tackle nutrition? Like, how much should I be eating? Because I don't, right. I, I, I don't know. Um, so for like a year or so, so I'd say 16 to 17, it was more just casual, just going to the gym with my FUD. Uh, his name is Jared. Shout out Jared. <laughs> and then, so Jared and I would go to the gym like every single day, which was way too much. Um, and I remember that I knew that like, so I understood the concept that like if you had something while you worked out it was supposed to help with recovery but i went about it in such a poor way mm -hmm. um because like now i obviously do like eas cluster dextrins things like that because it absorbs fast back then i would just be sitting there shoving like rice cakes tuna down my throat like yeah. mid workout in like the corner of the gym mm -hmm. and everyone's like staring like what the hell is he doing what's <laughs> doing because i would literally be sitting in there right and like all my like people would literally like, come, like reach out and be like do you remember when you did that I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I really want to put on weight, whatever I could do. Right. Um, but then I started, what happened was I started looking into like the competing aspect of bodybuilding and I didn't even like, I didn't even realize it was a thing. Honestly, I was like, oh, I just thought people go to the gym. I didn't realize you can slap on some trunks, go on stage practically naked and pose and yeah. do something. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I was like, wait, that kind of sounds, that would sound cool for me because that would be like quite a statement for me to get on stage and do that against yeah. like cis guys. So I was like, okay, but I didn't even know if I could. Like, I was like, wait, am I even allowed to do that? Like, I didn't know, I didn't really know the regulation of it. Yeah. So that was on my mind as a backburner for quite a bit. Um, and then I got my junior license and I learned about this gym called Bev Francis Powerhouse Gym. It's on Long Island. Um, it's a very hardcore gym. Like all the competitors go there. Everyone knows each other, like first, last name basis. Uh, the owner of the gym, he's the head judge of Mr. Olympia. Like wow. it's a very hardcore gym, um, specifically for bodybuilding. It's very niche. Um, and I was like, wow, that's awesome. Like, I want to drive there. So I, uh, up to the point I had my junior license, I would just start driving there as much as I could because it, it was it was in Syosa, which from me was about 45 minutes okay. with traffic easily an hour. Yeah. Um. So I would make that trip all the time. And I, I remember like everyone was very welcoming and I was, I was terrified to go at first. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm looking like a peanut next to these guys. Yeah. Like, and these guys, like, these are no joke. They're like Mr. Olympia, like, level like they get on stage every year yeah. and i was like just at that point i'm just just fucking do it just go and i was like okay so i went um and i remember when i first walked in, i was like oh my god like it's screaming like the first thing you hear is when you walk in is screaming which yeah. like when you first walk into a gym you're like okay but like it's not like one person it's not like the one oddball out screaming right. it's like everyone as a large group of people is screaming so you're like okay that's yeah. a lot like that's very different from my high school gym mm -hmm. and i just walk in very awkwardly like do a chest day and 
I remember this, um, his name's Arash Rabar. He's a professional bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. He came up to me. He's like, you're new here. I'm like, I literally looked at him. I'm like, you can tell, right? I mean, like, <laughs> look at me. I'm like, yes, I'm new here. Yeah. And he was just like, listen, man, like, just want to let you know, like, if you, you know, plan on coming here, like, we're all very, like, easygoing. Like, don't be shy to ask us questions. He's like, I'm not trying to, like, insult your intelligence or anything, but, like, don't be shy. We've been doing this for a while. And, like, right. I really appreciate that. Like, yeah. I, like, people there were so immediately, like, hey, like, what's up? Like, what's your name? Like, you know, we, they, they like seeing new people there. It's, like, exciting for them. Because, right. like, if you go there, that means you want to compete, right. you know? So I was like, okay, great. So I just started, like, picking their brains, people there. Um, I met Sadiq, Arash, George Peterson, um, you name it. Like, I met all these people. Yeah, George Peterson, he died. That's why I was like, so. Um, But so I met all these people, and it was was great. And then I, again, I had the the, competing on my mind for a bit now. I'm 17 at this point. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to ask the person that would definitely give me the right answer. So I went to Steve who and uh, Bev, who owned the gym. Mm-hmm. And again, they, Steve Weinberger, he's the head judge of Mr. Olympia. And then his wife, she was like the first female to like squat like 400 pounds, like wow. some crazy, like cool stuff. Um, but she ran a lot of the MPC shows, which is the amateur league, which is what you have to start out in bodybuilding okay. in. So I pretty much, I know at, at the time, Bev's was doing like one-on-one coaching days, like training. So I just went up to him like, hey, like, can I do like a coaching day with you? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. So we like scheduled one. And I took the opportunity, like made work. I'm like, hey, so like I have a question. She's like, yeah, what's up? I'm like, so I don't know if you knew this, um, but I am trans. Like I've been here for a bit. She's like, yeah, I knew. I'm like, okay, I just want to, just yeah. so you're not like surprised with the question. I'm like, so I'm trans. Um, I really want to compete, but I also don't want to waste my time because I'm sure it's very difficult to get like looking like that. Can I do it? Like, I don't even know. Can I even compete? And she was like, why would you not be able to compete? And I was like, um, I don't know, because of hormones and stuff. She's like, we don't care. No one gets for, she was like, no one gets tested for hormones. Trust me, you're fine. So I was like, okay, great. Like, let me, let me do this. Um, but that's when I hit like a big roadblock for me because finding a coach was so difficult. Right. And it was one of those things that I didn't even take it personally because I was like, I'm this scrawny kid. I probably put on like 10 pounds in a year because I have a really fast metabolism. I put on like 10 pounds and I'm sitting here saying I want to do classic physique and I'm also transgender, FYI. And I, yeah. I get it. People are probably like scratching their heads like, oh boy, like I don't even know how to handle this. Like, And I, I respect the fact that they turned me down because that was the responsible thing to do. If you don't right. know how to handle someone and their body, don't yeah, do true. it. Don't do it. And especially I was young. I was 17, you know? Yeah. So I respected that a lot. And I'm really grateful thinking about that they did that. But I still was at this roadblock that like, is like anyone? Finding someone, yeah. I right? was like, is, can I, is anyone willing to just try it? And I, I even would preface, like, I would preface it with, hey, listen, I understand you might not know exactly what we're doing at first. Mm-hmm. I understand I might be like a guinea pig a little bit. Right. Like trial and error. Right. Mm-hmm. But I trust your overall intelligence to at least help me out. Yeah. Um. So I got, I finally got in contact with um, Jason Theobald and he's my current coach still up to okay. this point. But I remember emailing him and he has such a funny style of just like his emails. But I just, I sent this very polite, professional, like lengthy email explaining what I wanted to do. And he emails me back. He's like, yeah, sure. Just warning you. I have no idea what I'm doing, but we'll figure, <laughs> he's like, but we'll figure it out together. I'm like, yeah, great. Awesome. <laughs> like, that was somebody. it. Yeah. That was it. He was like, I have no idea. I've never done right. this before, but I'm going to use my common sense and we'll figure it out. It's like, mm-hmm. that's all I needed to hear. Um, and then from that point, I um, I got ready for my first show. So I started 
getting ready for my first bodybuilding show at late 17. Um, so which is like December. Um, and then I started, I was, I pretty much had my first show at 18. First shows are always, always just awful. Yeah. Like I'm always so honest with people ask like, that first bodybuilding you show do will be the like hell right. because your body's not used to it. Yep. It has no idea what you're doing. Um, honestly, the first diet in general is probably going to be the worst one of your life because yep. again, your body doesn't know there's a McDonald's around every corner. Mm-hmm. It just knows, hey, you're not eating enough to support your weight. What's going on? Yeah. Um, so How I, was the preparation for that? I suffered. I really? suffered so bad. Was it? How was it with the coach? Like, Did he kind of like get it down pretty quickly or... No, that's the thing. No. Because that's why I suffered because okay. I, I, I and I realized that's what was gonna happen. Yeah. Because like, I mean, I was it was such a, like a shot in the dark, honestly, mm-hmm. with me. Um, and what was really interesting that we noticed from my first prep was when I would be in a caloric surplus, my body would really like, really react like a male to food okay. and like overall everything. But once I would get much deeper into the diet and like I was like, I believe I was eight weeks out when it started showing up. But my body would start to react like a female, like to the diet, like, yeah. like I'm like, my body couldn't handle the, the protein anymore. Like I was on high protein, which uh-huh. is more like you, you, like men can handle a little bit more than women typically. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Like I wasn't using the bathroom. I think I did. I went like two weeks on using the bathroom, not to be wow. TMI, but like it was bad. Um, and he was like, I'm going to try something. See, I'm the opposite when I have a lot of <laughs> The yeah, okay. Well, good for you because I could not yeah. use them. Like I, I, I was like really backed up. Right. And he was just like, he was just like, okay, I'm just gonna take a shot in the dark. We're gonna try something. I'm like, okay, whatever. I, I, I literally, I was like, if, if you tell me to eat dirt, I'll eat dirt. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I trust you, and that's really important too. Like, you need to trust your coach mm-hmm. because you get so lean. Like, you can't even think straight. I was going to say, like, can't even function. Yeah. Like, and that's why people ask me, how can you be a coach and still be coached? Like, because you're so depleted and very subjective that you need that very objective person to be like, hey, you're overdoing it. Hey, right. you're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Hey, what do you do? Like, you know, just someone to really keep an eye out on you. Um, and so we lowered my protein significantly and he actually, like, switched up my macros to... Jesus, Kitty. Hello. Oh my goodness. She came running. Sorry. Keep going. It's okay. It's okay. Hello. She's like, who are you? Hello. Can I say hi? There she comes. So, so, um, what's it called? So he, lo- so he pretty much changed my macros up to mimic a female. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like my body started responding again. And he was like, interesting. And every single time I've ever had to prep, Eight weeks in, I mean, eight weeks out, I would have to completely switch over. Wow. Which is like so interesting. And that's where like it comes down to like the nuances of being trans and like competing as a trans guy, not a cis guy. Cardio, like I, my, and this is actually more of a recent thing we realized. Like Stairmaster, it's great, but my legs get burnt down it super quick. Mm -hmm. Like I'll lose size super quick on the Stairmaster. So like I have to move over to incline treadmill. Um, Obviously there's just personal like genetics that come into play as well. Always. Um, but just certain things like when I'm specifically dieting will mimic like when he coaches a female getting ready yeah, for a bodybuilding that's show. That's so interesting. It's so weird. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's just stuff like that. And that's why it's important that I feel the need to talk about it because if a trans guy is going to go out there and try and do it himself and not get a coach that knows what they're doing and they're just going to keep adding more cardio and like just overdoing it because their body stops reacting at one point, like, you know, I want to get the information out there that hey, listen, it might not be that. It might be like something hormonally going on, maybe like their gut or like something. Right. Um, 
And I'm sure it's a very confusing process too because like like you were saying, it is trial and error. It's like you kind of have to mess around with some things to figure mm-hmm. out like, okay, what works and what doesn't, Right. you know? Exactly. And um, so I, it was 20 weeks, so five months. Mm-hmm. I hope, really hope my math right. Yeah, five months. So 20 weeks, five months. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> She wants to be the star of the show. Um, and I ended up competing. So I... I just went full throttle. I think I entered. So when you compete in bodybuilding, you like enter into different divisions and then also different classes. So for classic physique, um, they have novice, which is like first time ever competing. Like they'll literally give you, if you just want to do that because Mm -hmm. you're scared, you have novice, you have um, open juniors, and then they have like different classes based off weight and height. But it's like, just screw it. I'm just going to enter as many <laughs> as I can. Yeah. I, I did not do this not to like really go for it. Like that's how I am uh, as usual. Um, so I competed in novice, which is first timers, juniors, and and I'm sorry, juniors. It has like a, it has an age cap. Yeah. I don't even know. Juniors and then class. I think they put me in class B or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I won junior and novice and then I got second in class B, which is like for first show is like really difficult to do. Yeah. And for me, that's when I was like, okay, wait, I can do this. Like, that's this awesome. Is, thank you. Like that was like when I was like, wait, this is like, this is not delusional. <laughs> I'm like, right. wait, this is something I can do. It's just difficult, but I can do it and I want right. to do it. Um, so that was like when my like bodybuilding really kicked off. Like, mm-hmm. like when I did my first show and I started competing, I had like people reach out to me. They're like, wow, that's so cool. Like you're a trans guy, you did this. And like when people ask me, they're like, how does it feel to be a trans bodybuilder? I'm like, honestly, like I forget I'm trans like all the time. Yeah. My girlfriend forgets every fucking day. <laughs> like, <laughs> all the time. Um, but it's just like one of those things that for me, like I don't even associate the two ever. Right. It's just like, I'm a bodybuilder that happens to be trans. Mm-hmm. I'm not a trans bodybuilder. So when you are going to these shows, is that something that, they, that you have to tell them? Or So there's only one really specific point where I really need to tell them. Uh-huh. Um, so usually no. But okay. the problem is you need to get spray tan. Okay. <laughs> so I usually, I like, so when you go get spray tanned, because you're literally wearing like these tidy whities. Like, yeah. They're like, so it really depends on what you do. So the physique guys they wear board shorts mm-hmm. maybe it would have been smarter i did that whatever i want to do classic classic mm-hmm. guys we wear like these tight boxer briefs and then the open guys wear on full-on thongs okay got so it. but you need to get spray tan like we get super like they put like six layers on it's yeah. ridiculous because you get washed out on stage right so when you do that they make you wear this like semi trend like you can semi see through it so before they even go from like listen telling you right now if you if you don't want to do it, respect it, but I'm trans. Never had a, every single girl was like, okay, come here. Yeah. But like, that's like the only time I have to like fully. Okay. Like, but like, it's nothing that you have to say when actually like going into compete or anything. It's no, okay. no, because again, what I, so the NPC slash IPB, mm-hmm. they don't test for hormones. Okay. Like in general, most people are on hormones that are on stage. So right. it's one of those things that I wouldn't be an outlier. Like right. nine out of 10 of us on stage are taking hormones. I just, I'm actually safer about it, like, because yeah. I'm actually like through an endocrinologist and stuff. But right. um, it's one of those things that it's that's kind of like, and that's why bodybuilding is slight, like, the competitive side of bodybuilding is slightly taboo because people know people take hormones, mm-hmm. but people, it's just such a diff, it's such a difficult sport because, for example, let's say you have a track athlete, they usually carb up the night before a run. That's what they'll do because they are gonna get ready to be in their most optimal performance. Do you want to stop? What are you doing? <laughs> you little jerk? Oh, I'm like thinking, what, the, what does she have a fucking cord? Hold on a second. No, it's okay, it's okay. Jesus Christ. 
crazy. Right. <laughs> I'm not, you know when they get in that mood? Yes. She's in that mood. It's like the zoomy spaz. Yeah. The other night, I had a fucking bucket hat on my bed. Okay, and she's attacking the bucket hat as if it was a wild animal. I'm like, what fucking did you snort tonight? <laughs> okay. Anyways, continue. Yeah. Sorry. Oh man, where did I even leave off? Um Hormones. Hormones, yes. So track, track guy, yes. So okay. like for example, in a different sport, you have a track runner. They usually carve up the night before, so they perform their best. With us in bodybuilding, you literally are expected to perform at your peak, eating nothing. Like okay. you are not sufficiently like you don't have like when you're super deep into prep you're talking two hours of cardio like you're eating i was eating three ounces of turkey breast three times a day jesus and then like the other meals was like a shake so it was like barely a thousand calories and it's not and see like when that is not healthy i will say right now that is not it is not a healthy sport like honestly once you get to like the deeper yeah deeper prep the grueling part it becomes unhealthy that's Mm -hmm. why I don't think it's realistic to tell people, yeah, you can look like that year round. You can look shredded at right. 5% body fat. Absolutely not. I was yeah. I was not functional. I literally could barely drive. I was lucky that I actually ended up living close to Bev's for a bit because yeah. otherwise I would have gotten a car accident right. for sure. So like I, I get so annoyed when people are like, oh, like I look 5% body fat year round. No, you don't. Or even on social media when you see like really lean people, it's either – not realistic or it's genetic. You know what I mean? Yes. Like to look, you know, cause obviously even for myself, there's been times where I've worked with a couple different trainers and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I want to look like this. And they're like, okay, well to look like that, you have to eat this way. And I remember I tried it and I like literally just wanted to lay in bed and rot because it was so, it's like barely any food. It was yep. like chicken. And when I tell you like the smallest yep. little bit of rice, yes, I'm I like, th- I knew right away that this just wasn't su- sustainable. And like, no. obviously my body wasn't used to it, but I was like, you should never feel like you're starving. I mean, like, unless, like, you're obviously trying to compete or, like, work towards something. But I, it's it's hard because I think, you know, because there's so many things on social media that show so many different body types. It's like everyone want, wants to look like someone. And it's yep. like genetics, like you said, it plays a huge role. Yes. So it's like you can work hard and still not look like some of these people, mm-hmm. you know? So Yeah. And, like, that's, like, for example, everyone's always like, oh, like, like I have – so my rib cage, this is a great example of genetics. My rib cage are slightly inverted here. So uh-huh. it doesn't matter like my body fat, like right here, I always have those lines. But that's because my rib cage is literally slightly like right. <laughs> it's sticking out. Like yeah. I, I didn't do anything to do, like achieve that. Mm-hmm. So like genetics plays a big role. And then again, I think it's very easy to like, I have no issues being like, yeah, I'm off season right now. I'm like sitting at, I'm, I'm like 190 right now. I'm 5'4". That's fucking heavy. Like I'm heavy right now, but I do that because... I know, I, for example, next year I want to compete. I took a year off because of like other, like I, I got like a, other things I need to get done first. And that's another thing is like, it's impossible to do anything else. Like if you're going to compete, that better be the only really big thing you're doing at that right. time your because your main focus, like you can't, like I've been able to, like some people can't even handle a relationship, honestly, in prep. Yeah. Like, cause like you can't go out to eat for dinner. Like there's just a lot of, so, cause we're socially, we eat. That's what we do. We go out to eat. Yep. You go to a bar, you go to a club, you go to like dinner, restaurant, And even drinking whatever. too, right? Yes. It's like, yeah. No, like you, you, you cannot. Yeah. So, I dated a guy that was like that once and it was like towards the end, like when he was like really cutting, I was like, this isn't fucking fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And that's the thing. Like, and that's why, like, whenever I, and that's why I like, and that's why I don't compete year round because one, I'm miserable. The person I'm with is miserable. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just one of those things I compete. I'm done. Okay. Next year. Cause it's also not healthy staying that lean year yeah. round. Um, 
and in my off season, like I really believe in balance. Like my off season, yeah, like like if we're gonna go out or whatever, I'll go out. Like I'm not gonna say no because hardcore like bodybuilding, like no, like you're gonna burn out like that so fast. Yeah. And that's why I still love doing it because I'm able to take a step back when I need to. Yeah, that is really important. You know. Um, and then, so yeah, so I could be my first show and then I got like a bunch of people reaching out to me and stuff like that. And I was like, well, like I was, <laughs> I was, I was just doing this. I honestly really was doing it for myself. Like yeah. for me, it was almost like I wanted to prove it to myself that I wanted to do it. Right. Um, maybe it was a little petty. Maybe there was a small part of me like, I just want to like beat us this guy or something. I don't know. Right. Probably like I'm being honest, yeah, but we I all think got a little bit of ego. In yeah. There. Yeah. Like I think there was some ego in there for sure. But I, a big part of it was, again, that sense of control and being like, wow, I did that was yeah. really big for me. Um, yeah, that that really is incredible. Seriously. Yeah, thank you. And it, it, it's just like, that's when I was like, okay, like, I'm, I'm going to try to keep doing this. Like, that, I was like, I'm just going to figure it out. Yeah. So from there. Um, Sorry to interrupt. I have a quick question. Yeah. Was at this point, did you know, like you kind of wanted to take this as the, as a career or kind of just, was it still in like a hobby phase? So this is the interesting thing because, and that's why another reason why bodybuilding is so niche because everyone, like for example, everyone, some people do it as their career, mm -hmm. like competing, like they literally make money from competing. And then some people just do it and have an actual job. Okay. Like it's just like really anyone can get into it. Right. Um, so for me. I always like my goal has always been like I just want to be the first trans guy to step on the Mr. Olympia stage like that would be epic like that yeah. is my goal when it comes to bodybuilding but realistically unfortunately right now making money competing is like you're not gonna make a lot like if you're if you're relying on making money through competing it's gonna be very difficult for you yeah like you got to do something else so like right. coaching if you want like I do co I get coach people I love doing that I help some other trans guy get on stage but if you want to like just make money, like I even tell my guys that I coach, I'm like, listen, I'm being super brutally honest with you. Don't do it. Like it's yeah. just because the prize money is peanuts until okay. you get to like Mr. Olympia. Yeah. If you win the Mr. Olympia, you get a good amount of money. Yeah. But up to that point, you spend like 3K on prep. Right. You get like 3.5K. Mm -hmm. Is that $500 really worth it? Yeah. You know? So for me, it's always been like, I want to do it seriously, but not financially rely okay. on competing. Even though I want to take it so far. Yeah. That's just how I've always been. Okay. So around this time, were you you weren't coaching yet, right? People just started kind of reaching out to you? Yeah. So okay. actually people were reaching out to me and I was saying no because I didn't feel comfortable to do it yet. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, well, I... I'm, I look like this right now because someone else helped me. Right. Let me get actually educated first. So I actually talked to Jason. I'm like, hey, listen, I, and he, he was like bugging me about it. He was like, listen, you should coach people. Like you're very articulate, like you're detail oriented, like you really genuinely care. You should do this if you ever thought about it. I was like, okay, I'll think about it. So I thought about it for like a year. I was like, all right, I want to do this, but I want to do this the right way. Like, let me get my, like, I need like a certification or something, right? Like, I don't want to just, I'm also like, I don't want, if something, God forbid, were to happen, I want to say, hey, listen, I'm certified. I didn't do this yeah. like any shady way. Like I, 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 I have the good, I have the go-to to do this. Right. Um, so I got my certification through NCI, which is fantastic. Because what's nice about NCI, because like there's the NASM, there's a couple ones. But what's nice about the NCI is it's very bodybuilding specific, which is great because that's why I want to do. It. Like I want to coach people in bodybuilding, not like physical therapy and stuff. Um, so I got that on top of college, which honestly, like, it, it wasn't too bad for me, just like time management. Um, but in college, I was doing something completely different. And then what I do outside of bodybuilding is completely different. So I kind of live like two lives almost. Mm -hmm. So I have like my bodybuilding, my coaching in that world. And then I have my like 
so I'm in like business and finance outside of that. So I kind of like do both. Yeah. And my and that's another thing I don't really talk about on my Instagram because it's I just don't I don't know. Yeah. Like I, like my, I just try and keep my Instagram to bodybuilding and I stuff that I know matters to get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, again, like I I never really wanted to financially rely on it. I just want to take it far because that's just how I am. Right. <laughs> like, and also I think too because you've seen what it's done for you, and I feel like you know like you're coach was saying if you really care about it and you want to help others i feel like yes. that's the perfect opportunity right. to do that and it's it's for me like i so yeah and like for me i i, I do my coaching stuff on my off time because for me okay. it's not like a chore okay like I, I i like the time i find to make sure i answer everyone like communicate with them daily like it's fun <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll repeat that just... <laughs> i'll repeat that i'll repeat Go that yeah. <laughs> um but like for me, like I really enjoy doing it. So like I find the time throughout the day to answer them if they have questions. Like they check in with me once a week, some of them twice a week, some of them three times a week if they're in prep. Like I'm on there. <laughs> I'm on their How grill. How many people are you coaching right now? Right now, uh, 74. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you have a whole nother job. Correct. That is wild. Yes. Do you have free time? Lexi, do I have free time? She's laughing. <laughs> right. Well, so it really depends because right now, I figured it out. I am. I am. Well, that, as long as you figure it out, well, right? I have come to the point. I've created a Google Sheets document, mm-hmm. and I have time blocked my time. Right. Because I am that type A that I feel the need to like be like, okay, let me do it like that. Because yeah. I'm also still in college. Like mm-hmm. I'm not even graduated yet. Okay. So I have one year left i'm just like so ready like everyone's literally like why are you still in college I'm like i don't know i just i need to finish you know yeah because like, i literally need my i need my degree for my actual job right um so not my actual job my other job because mm-hmm. they're both real jobs yeah. um but yeah so right now it's a little bit more difficult and that's why i had to put competing off this year mm-hmm. because i can't handle a prep on top of yeah it's a lot college and two jobs right it's a lot um so I kind of like waiting to finish. And that's another thing. So for my other job, I have to take licensing exams for that too. Just like with my coaching, I need licensing exams for the other job I'm like gradually getting myself into. So I need my, you might not know what these are, but I need my SIE, my series seven, my series six, six, my uh, LAH. I'm going to nod my head like I know (laughs) it. So pretty much. So they're like broker dealer licenses, financial advice. So I'm going, so I work not yet. So I can't say legally, I can't say I work for them yet until I get my licensing mm-hmm. but I'm um, right now I'm interning at equitable which is a financial advising firm awesome. but right now I'm like going through the ropes and like learning everything and I'm getting my licensing done which is incredibly difficult yeah so I can't handle my series six six on and college and coaching and prep right then I really then she would fucking hate me yeah so it's like <laughs> she would hate me so so it's one of those things that I need to just again be realistic Sometimes I pull, sometimes I push. Mm-hmm. So I know for a fact that I, I'm looking to be done with these licensing next year, period, for sure, before I graduate so I can start doing it. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, I'll compete. And I want to, like, next time I compete, I want to go big. Like, I want to do a really big show. If I have to fly, I'll fly. But I, you know. So have all the ones that you've done, they've all been in local. New York? Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah. Got it. So I want to do something like, for example, they have, because right now, getting, so I, so my first big step would be getting my pro card. So I still need to do that, which that in itself is so difficult. Mm-hmm. Like that's why, like if you ever see someone on Instagram and they have IPB Pro in their title, I promise you, that was so difficult to okay. get to put on their Instagram. It's yeah. not even funny. Like getting your pro card, it's like 
one out of like 400 people it's 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 very it's very competitive at yeah. that point um so getting my pro card alone being like the first trans pro bodybuilder awesome would love that and then from there so you would you be the first one if you got yes wow okay. yes i would be the first transgender ipb pro wow because i mean there's other people racing me for it but i whoever gets there first is the first you yeah. know um i th- i'm trying to think who else does it through the npc because there are trans guys that compete through uh-huh. like transgender federations okay. but i just can i just did i wanted to do the, like the big name because Got like it. you know mr olympia is huge yep so i was like no i want to do that um so yeah i mean i, I would be the first trans guy to get my pro card and then it, it, what's nice about bodybuilding is it long term i could do this into my 30s yeah you know realistically i would like to get my pro card in my like i want to get my pro card in my 20 for sure um so again like it's just one of those things that i have like two separate lives right. going on yeah. but i i love bodybuilding so much like i can't i would never stop yeah like i can't that's amazing yeah awesome so then gymshark how yes. did that happen that is so incredible so gymshark was one of those things that they reached out to me um after my after my first show they reached out to me and they're like hey listen like we love your story we would love to um you know work with you all of that and i was just surprised i was like whoa uh okay like yeah. you know, i'd be like listen like i'm really not that big on instagram like are you sure about that and they were just like yeah no like we love your story all of that and i was like okay great like let's do it um and it was great i mean it actually it's how i met her technically so really? yes so it's how i met lexi technically because lexi and i have known each other since we were very very young but she moved out to Denver, Colorado, okay. and Jim Shark's headquarters are in Denver, Colorado. So we, I mean, that's a story in its own, but we met up like years later in Denver. Uh-huh. So that's how we started talking. And Denver. that's when you were going out there for Jim Shark. Yes, because okay. literally my manager at the time, Andy, was like, hey, like, why don't you come out to Denver? Like, we want to show you the headquarters. I'm like, yeah. great. And then she reached out. She's like, oh, you're coming to Denver. Like, let's meet up. I was like, mm-hmm. okay. So I, you know, but yeah. you're laughing because I'm not really telling the full thing. But. No, I'm laughing because I said, yeah, I can drive you back to the airport. I live like 15 minutes from the airport, but I live like an hour away. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see you. <laughs> oh, that's um, sweet. But yeah, so Gymshark was fantastic. It led me to a, like a couple great opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just great. I, I, again, it's just so great to see more and more brands to like be open and yeah. like get these people that kind of you know whatever we like defy traditional stuff whatever that means um right. and you know it's just great that because it's important you know because i like i said everyone's so like it's the tribalism is real like if you see a large group of people moving one way yeah other people are gonna be persuaded to move the same way mm-hmm. so it is important that we it is important that we promote like being like just respectful like yeah. was, i'm a big on respect like just respect people like you don't have to agree like whatever right so i think just the more and more people that are vocal about that is important because i i've also noticed people that are hateful are very vocal right. so we need to like be just as loud as that if you want to make an actual difference yeah. you know because if you just let them like run you over and be mean and like say these incredibly like rude things like no like you don't you don't have to be rude about it back but yeah, if you stand together like as a larger group of people, you know, when you have those people that are trying to literally like pass laws, like not let you do things and things of that nature, like 
yeah, it does make a difference if a large group of people say, hey, no, we're not doing that. Absolutely. It does make an absolutely big difference. So, and that applies to so many different things. Yeah. So it's, I, I, I immediately said yes. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll do it. Right. <laughs> like, I'll be honest. I don't, yeah. I don't know what to expect. Um, and then I also had my protein reach out to me. Um, that's fantastic. So yeah, I mean, again, like I really did this out of passion because I really like loved it. And mm-hmm. I just, again, that initial feeling for me was taking control over my body, but it just developed into such something so much more. Really. Yeah, that's incredible. Thank you. And then did you want to talk about your relationship a little bit? Yes. So you guys knew each other at what age? How long did you know Oh each boy. Other? Okay. So pretty much I... <laughs> Um, 14. Okay. So I was barely transitioned. Like okay. We've known each other for a very, very long time. But pretty much... And she, you lived at, in New York originally? Yeah, okay. Time, yeah. Got it. So, okay. okay. So this is what happened. So I dated her friend when we were 14. Yeah, I had a crush on his girlfriend. So she, okay. so she had a crush on her at the time. And okay. I was dating her at the time okay. so that's how we knew each and other and you were initially. like midway through transition at this yes point? so okay. i was so i was transitioned socially but i wasn't Got i it. wasn't on testosterone okay. or anything like i was physically i was pre-transitioned but right. socially i was out okay um so i was dating her good friend and that's how we knew each other uh-huh. um and then and it was we weren't young like it, yeah. was, it was it was never anything like crazy right. serious um but we did actually we, we dated for like a year and a half i've never been in a short relationship like that was a year and a half that relationship mm-hmm. um and then she had to move a lot for like personal reasons mm-hmm. and and she ended up in denver but we always kept in touch over like social media and stuff and at the so at the time she identified as a lesbian mm-hmm. so she would flirt with me and me being respectful of her title, like, like, I just wouldn't really think about it. Yeah. Because, like, she... I feel like you would explain this better. But so, she like, pretty much she she was always into women but she just felt attracted to me for some reason okay. and she never looked at, at me as a female she's like no like i always looked at you as a man but for some reason like i was also just attracted to you specifically yeah. like your energy so i was like okay um but at the time i didn't i didn't get the cue at all like right. any time because again if you say you're lesbian you're lesbian i'm not going to be that guy to be like oh i can change you like yeah just just like try it out like right. like, like that garbage so i was like okay you're i i just assumed she was being friendly with me yeah um so that went on for a bit like we were just friendly we would ch- like you know we would just catch up talk whatever and then at one point she really realized like and then i was so because she was in denver so mm-hmm. i i was in other relationships too so she would randomly just like so i would be in relationships and she would randomly message me and flirt with me and see if i'd flirt back because she knew that if I was in a relationship, I wouldn't flirt back. So when I didn't flirt back, she's like, got it. I'll come back in a couple months kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So she'd be like, okay, he's not reciprocating because he's a good guy. So uh-huh. I'll come back. Um, and then again, but I never even got the cue, honestly. Yeah. Like I, I I, only realized when we started dating because she told me all of this. I was like, oh, really? That's what you were doing? Right. I just thought you were friendly. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm naive. Yeah. Um, and then at one point I was single finally and... I, at this point, I'm with Gymshark, and she, again, reached out to me, as mm-hmm. usual, and she was flirting with me, and I wasn't getting the cue, and I guess at this point, she was getting annoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, right, like, can you get it already? Yeah, yeah, kind of like, can you get it already? Right. <laughs> um, but again, she identifies a lesbian, so mm-hmm. I have a pretty solid excuse yeah. on, like, why I didn't understand what uh-huh. she was trying to do, um, and so she had to make it 
I don't know if this is PG thirteen. I so she had to make it very. It's okay. Wait, you can go R rated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do I have your permission? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So she's like, what part? <laughs> <laughs> okay so she so she sent me a nude and then she sent me a, a like a message with it saying i'm i'm, I'm try, i want to make sure i say it like on the on point they can chop it babe so do you want to say it now so i can say it <laughs> <laughs> So so she said I'm gay as fuck, but I'd let you choke the fuck out of me. And Love I was it. like, ah, I got I, it now. I think. And I was, I remember, I was, I was vivid. I remember this vividly for sure. And I was like on the stairmaster, and I like, it was dumb early in the morning. It was like yeah. five in the morning. I'm like barely opening my eyes on the stairmaster. You're trying to get through it. I'm, I'm like, sure the nude opened your eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like I remember, I was like trying to like just get through this cardio because uh-huh. I was in prep too at the time. Yeah. I, was pre- I was doing a prep time. And I just opened it. I'm like, oh, Lexi, like me being a fucking dumbass. I was like, oh, Lexi texted me. Cool, yeah. okay. She messaged me like really late at night. It's not weird at all. So I open it and then I see that. I'm like, I remember I was like, I like, I, I like stop my Stairmaster. I like stop my Stairmaster. I was like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. I'm a dumbass. Right. Like, I've been missing all the keys. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, it's like, it, like, I don't know, like this, like. It clicked. Like, it was like a yeah. Like in my head, I was like, oh, and then I and then I don't even remember what I said. I think I was a little awkward about it because I just was so taken by surprise. Yeah. And I was like, you free tonight? Like you want to Facetime? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I, I mean, obviously I flirted a bit. I was like, oh wow, like like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, like you know, let's Facetime tonight. Blah blah blah. And then so we were talking for a bit now with me being very aware of what she was trying to do. Right. And so I told her. So I at at this point in time, I already been to Denver for Gymshark specifically, mm-hmm. and she was trying to like get me to like meet her up because she'll drive me to the airport, whatever. Yeah. Unfortunately, the first time, so I went to Denver twice. First okay. time was for Gymshark only. Mm-hmm. Second time was for Gymshark and her. Mm-hmm. So I like it was like nice like combined kind of trip for me. Yeah. Um. And so first time I wasn't able to see her, which sucked. Um. But then the second time, because at this point I already went, we were on Facetime. She was like. We were just joking around, and she was like, "You wouldn't fly out to come see me." I'm like, "Yeah," and I fucking booked like a, a Delta flight, like oh, right there. I like yeah. sent her a screenshot. I'm like, "Fuck you!" I'm like, right? "I'm coming." I'm coming. I'm coming. And then uh, and I texted Annie, I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna be in Denver again." He's like, "It's been like three weeks," mm-hmm. and I'm like, "I'm coming again." So if you want to like meet up, let me know. Yeah. So we so then we met up finally, and then yeah, I mean, we pretty much like it was like immediate, like yeah. we like it was very like instant. You guys hit it off. Yeah, we hit it off, and then I had like a nice little like I was gonna ask her out, but like so I'm I make bomb French toast, so I was gonna like go out and like get recipes, like I mean all the all the ingredients for the recipe. Come home because I w- I woke up way before she mm-hmm. did because I was in prep, so I would wake yeah. up like at the crack of dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, she would wake up at normal human hours, so I was like, okay, on my way back from fasted cardio, I will grab the ingredients for French toast. I will make her French toast. And ask her to meet my girlfriend. That was my plan. The night before, she's on top of me and she like looks at me. And I'm like, I'm like, she like, I can tell she's gonna say something. And she's just like, so are you gonna be my boyfriend or what? And I'm like, you're not gonna even give me the chance to ask. <laughs> oh, yeah. There goes your fucking plan. Just yeah, down the dream. Just down the dream. So did you still make the French toast? I did still make well, the French toast. There you fucking yes. go. Yeah. So that's our story. It's it's that good. is yeah. awesome. That is so sweet. So how long have you guys been together now? 
we've been also living together the whole time. Too. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we live together. Across the country. So you moved for it to be with him? Oh, yes. Yeah. Wow. Within a month. Within a month. People that thought we were incredible. fucking nuts. We probably were nuts, but we're... Well, we're, hey, I mean... My whole life is wing it. Yeah. Love that. I gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah. And then, but, like, like my, my mom loves her. Like, it's... Like, I wear a promise ring. Like, yeah. it's, it's serious. So, like, we live together. We've been literally, like... And, like, the thing is, like, I always say, you don't know someone until you live with them. Yep, that's true. Like, you really don't. So, how long has that been? Like, a year, year okay. and a half. Okay, got yeah. it. Awesome. Yeah. But again, we knew each other for so right. long. Right. So it feels like. So it felt. It's felt. It feels like we've known each other for. Like we did know each other yeah. for a very long time. And that's the best too. It's like when you actually know someone. It's like I feel like you kind of low key know that they have good intentions. It's Correct. like this isn't just like a new, you know, person that you don't know what to expect. It's like okay, we've we've kind of crossed paths here and there, like over the years. So you kind of have like a good idea of who a person is. Right. And you can read them a little better. Like you know, yep. like okay, he's acting real weird or she's acting real weird yeah. or like yeah. I feel like you pick up on things faster too. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so I do have a question. Yes. So you said that you got the top surgery, right? Mm -hmm. So would it be called bottom surgery? Or do they call it like for yeah. like okay. Yeah. So like I mean it has like actual names. Okay. But... Tell me what the names are just so I'm like educated. I don't know. Okay, so you don't know the name. Okay, so we're going with a phalloplasty. Okay, so, she, well, so yeah, long words. Um, okay, so do you plan on getting? So it's just like so. So my thing about it is so female transgender, like uh, transgender female, their surgery is so damn advanced. Like you would never know. Like yeah. it, like like a, at this point, a trans female can full on like like they. It's incredible what right. they can do. I know. I've watched some videos. Like out of yeah, yeah, and it's it's crazy yeah. what they can do. With, but the problem with for me mm -hmm. is with the trans guys, it's just not advanced enough. Where if I'm gonna like, it's like a this is a terrible like comparison, but it's like a tattoo. If I'm gonna have this for the rest of my yeah. life, like I better make it worth it. Right. So for me, it's just not advanced enough where I'm like yes like this is what I dreamt of like it's yeah. just like for example you have two options you have one where you have to squeeze the the balls to even get it erect like I don't want to fucking do that like that's weird okay. and then the other one is um it doesn't even like it's more for just peeing like you can't really use it for like sexual intercourse huh. so I'm like wait why would I do that that just makes I, yeah, it worse. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so if I'm being fully transparent, those yeah. are the two options. So one, it's more for like peeing and then one is for sexual intercourse, but you can barely feel it as the guy. Wow. And you have okay. to like literally pump it. <laughs> so, oh my god. Yeah, so it's one of those things. And then like, it's not like that with the trans No, women? with okay. trans females, it's like, like it literally is like you wouldn't, you couldn't even tell. Wow. So it's quite a discrepancy. So like, it is a big difference. It's a discrepancy for sure. So for me, like, I mean, we have other things we do, but yeah, yeah like that honestly. So- Right, it's like how worth it, it right? Yeah. I, yeah. It's just like how worth it it is. And then like honestly, like one thing that for me made me get very physically comfortable with Lexi very quickly, honestly, is she was with women. Yeah. So like there was parts of me, okay, well, like, I'm not, I, I was still awkward at first, but it was way less awkward yeah. because she, she was like, and like honestly, I've always dated girls that were either like bisexual mm -hmm. or like, pansexual because it just for us makes it a lot easier mm -hmm. i was actually with a, i was with a straight girl and that was never like and like i oh and then another thing is like they always knew ahead of time okay like it was never to the point where we're like in the bedroom yeah and like i'm just like like how do i right. no i never put myself in that position it was always like before we like before we even romantically right. started flirting mm -hmm. i would tell them yeah just to be like out of respect hey listen just got to tell you this because it's clearly important 
I am trans. Mm -hmm. That's not your thing. That's cool. Right. That's cool. But that's why I want to say it now before I waste either of our times. Yeah. Um, so that was never an issue. But just for me with her having like been with girls mm -hmm. in the past, it did make it easier, honestly. Okay. Um, but that being said, like, I mean, we definitely don't have issues in that department. So I just figured. Yeah. And I was going to say too, like based on even earlier how you were so confident and everything else, it's like. If you're like, if you know in your mind, like, eh, like this isn't advanced enough for me. It's like, Correct. right. It's, I feel like you at this point know that mentally, like you can figure it out on your own. Like if something's the right decision or not for yourself. Yeah. And like, and yeah, and exactly. And like at this point, Lexi and I live like alone. Like mm -hmm. I've always wanted to be independent from a very young age. Like all the decisions, like I've always liked to make for myself on my own. So like if I make a decision, I'm going to stick with it. And like, it's the thing is like, if it gets better, absolutely. Yeah. But at this point, like I'm honestly just like not impressed. Like it's not something yeah. that like makes me want to do it. I'm not like, I'm not excited. Like when I got my top three, like when I was getting ready to get my top three, mm -hmm. oh my God, I was probably so annoying. I couldn't shut the fuck up about yeah. it. But like, I don't feel that way right. about bottom surgery. So yeah. like, why would I do it? You know? Yeah. And, and um, I was going to say too, it's, it's really interesting because I didn't even know, like when you, I feel like a lot of people don't know this either. Like when you hear someone's transgender, it's like, you don't know. I feel like nobody knows like really what to think. Like, did they have surgeries? Did they not? And then even like. And asking is probably so uncomfortable. Right. And even like the <laughs> yeah. separation though of like, oh, well. Do they have top and bottom or just one or the, you know what I mean? It's right. like you, when you, I feel like when you hear that word, it's like you don't really know the details of it. Right. And I, once again, too, like, I feel like the whole point of this is like, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's right. more about the person yeah. um, than anything else. But at the same time, it is like, even for me, so educational because like, I wouldn't even know these things. You right. know what I mean? So it's really, really interesting. Yeah. And there's like, there's, so there's some trans people that have, they're both done. Right. There actually are some transgender men that get their uteruses removed, believe it or not, because okay. what happens is, especially if you start your hormonal transition after puberty, there can be buildup okay. of like of like the lining mm -hmm. in the uterus. So that actually causes health issues. So okay. there's a lot of trans guys that actually have to get their uteruses removed, like not by choice. Like okay, you have got to. It. Otherwise, like there's serious like issues that can happen. Um there's some like, and then again, like it really goes, it's just like anyone else. It really goes person by person. Mm -hmm. And in my, and like some, there will definitely be trans, transgender people that disagree with me when I say this. But I think again, going back to the fact that if you want to feel like you're in a safe space, you also have to let them feel like yeah. it's safe to like try and help. Like, like how can you expect someone that isn't transgender to know how to make you feel comfortable if you're not willing to talk about it. Yeah. Like, hey, listen, I'm comfortable with that. Hey, listen, that kind of makes me uncomfortable. Like, you have to be able to be like, hey, this is, yeah, like, just talk about it. Yeah, like, it's always about communication with, right. like, with everything. But some, there are some transgender people that I will admit, like, they just don't want to talk about it and they get offended. I'm like, why are you getting offended? Like, they have to ask you these things. Yeah. Like, they're not mind readers. Unfortunately, we haven't gotten um, that far with it where mm -hmm. it's just common knowledge. It's right. not and common it's, knowledge. It's new to people or... They don't want to ask because they might be uncomfortable, and it's like you you're not gonna know unless you ask. You right. know what I mean? And so. that's it's understandable because like you wouldn't who in their right mind would go asking like a cis person about their private parts? Like mm -hmm. it's just not a natural it's not right. a natural question period. Yeah. So it's one of those things that especially if you're gonna get in a relationship, yeah, they're gonna have to ask. Like mm -hmm. you want to make sure that they're comfortable with it. Like like you know, and especially like at least for me speaking for myself it's very important for me to know that the person that i'm with is comfortable with me like right. in like physically because like yeah like you know you're in a relationship like you mm -hmm. have to be like there should be some type of like chemistry there right like otherwise i don't think it's going to work personally yeah. like long term if there's no physical chemistry like 
I don't know. Yeah, very important. Good luck. Good, like, I, I think it's important. So yeah. like, it's really important for me to know. Like, hey, listen, you're comfortable with me. We're good. Like, I'm obviously comfortable with you, but mm -hmm. on my end, like, that's crucial. So like, I always tell them right away. Yeah. You know, and there are some there are some trans guys that or trans women, whatever, um, that they will refrain from telling them. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like, right. tell them. <laughs> like, yeah. don't because like in my opinion. In a sense, you are leading them on in right. a certain way because you're not telling them some very critical facts mm -hmm. about yourself that maybe they just personally aren't into. They like, just because someone isn't into it doesn't make them against trans people, yeah. but maybe they, that's not, just not what they want for themselves. Right. Like just like we have types, like that's just not what they want for themselves. Mm -hmm. they, ha they imagine themselves with something very specific. That's fine. Right. So that's why like don't do like you're wasting their time and yeah. your own time. Yeah, and I, I really do, just saying it again, I think it's incredible that you are so open. And so, like, I, I think the point that you made, too, of, like, being open to others and others' questions and, like, even what they might want to ask without getting offended and, like, reciprocating it on both sides is so important. And yeah. it's important for, like, growth within, like, our society to be more open and to learn. And, like, once again, like, that's why I wanted to have you on because it's, like, I want people to, like, to know and to, you know, like, feel comfortable like li like sitting here and listening and also like that's why I was telling you too it's like when I wanted you to come on it's like I want you to tell your story mm -hmm. for what it is like not like question by question and stuff because right. I don't I don't think it's necessary you know right. what I mean and I think that it's so incredible that you're able to just be so open-minded and I think you have such an incredible inspiring story for so many different reasons obviously but yeah I just think it's awesome Thank overall you. I appreciate it yeah of course was there anything else you want to say was there anything else you want to talk about? I mean, up to you. Totally up to you. Uh, I just like always like to ask because I don't, I w don't want to miss anything. No, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Lexi, <laughs> did we miss anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, right? I think that's the gist of it. Yeah, I mean, as long as you feel uh, like you got everything. No, I think I, I'm, I'm very satisfied with that. If, awesome. you, if you guys are good. No, yeah. I think it was great. So. Seriously, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. I love your story. You're thank so you. sweet and amazing. Thank you. I appreciate awesome. it. Everything's cool. So as far as like coaching goes and all of that stuff, can I just like link it in the description? Like your, yeah, all yeah. of that information? Okay, yeah, please, awesome. Yeah, please, if you could do that, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. of course. Thank Perfect. You. Well, thank you again. It was so great having you on. Thank you for having me. I hope I didn't ramble too much. No, you didn't. <laughs> it was perfect. You okay. did great. Seriously, awesome. thank, thank you. you.